We know it's not joyful when you're going through the chastisement or discipline of God. Because later on, when you look at the providence of God, sometimes those things that were bad were really good because God worked those things together for good. Hello, my name is Minister Herbert Moore, the minister here at the Church of Christ in Atlanta Airport area, where we speak for the Bible speaks and we're silent for the Bible is silent. Our worship service begins at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. Please tune in WATC 57 at 4 p.m. every Sunday. Come be with us and we will do you good. I guess it makes them so religious if they don't get married. But we, it's a wonderful thing to have a help meet. Even in the Garden of Eve, God gave Adam a help meet, help meet responsibility. Forbidden to marry, and this will happen in the latter days. Keep in mind that the latter days started after Jesus died on the cross and arose from the dead. And the end of everything, when he comes back, he's coming back for his own. He's coming back for those that love him. And he's going to take vengeance on those in Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 7 through 9, those that know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why there is an urgency for the church to get the word out because we need people to know God because once they know him, they'll love him. And as they love him, in John chapter 14, verse number 15, they will keep his commandments. In the latter days, in the last days, forbidden to marry. Commanded to abstain from meats, like some religions say, abstain from meats. And now, keep in mind now, that if certain meat uh, would cause you to have health problems, stay away from it. But the Bible says here, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing be refused if it be, I love this part, received with thanksgiving. That's why we need to pray before we eat. We need to pray before we eat. You know, red meat, uh, some people on, on, on a diet with um, it, it, it's, it's bad for high blood, blood pressure and different health issues, and you know, don't eat it. Uh, but those that is uh, that is is not bad for it's okay to eat it. In other words, you can't say don't eat it because I'm not eating it. <laughs> um, but we must know. You know, we talked about the Hebrew boys just a few weeks ago. How they had that diet where they asked, they told the king, "You keep us, let us keep our diet for ten days." And you'll see the results of it. You'll, you'll see uh, what it would do. Uh, so it's okay to be on a diet. Uh, like some of us, we're on seafood diet. Eat all the food we see. But it's okay to be on a diet, but we must make sure that it's for us. But God has made all meat clean. We receive with thanksgiving a lot of days, but there, some would be teaching. Don't get married as you're a preacher. Don't get married. <laughs> and then some would be teaching. My aunt in the Seventh-day Adventist, she tells me that they have a diet. They have a diet plan that they, they follow. That's good and fine, but you can't put that burden on me if God has made all me clean. Amen? Amen. So we go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 
where it says, just know also that in the last days, dangerous times shall come. They shall come. He said, and Paul is saying here, but realize this, that in the last day, difficult times will come. Difficult times. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving. These adjectives are something else. And the opposite of it, though, is not to be unholy, but be holy, for God is holy. Unloving uh, and, and unable to make amends with one another. There's some, some family members that are still mad with one another. We need to make it right. Leave your gift at the altar and make it right with your brother. A broken relationship with your fellow man is a broken relationship with God. You do your part. Some people, uh, no matter what, they don't want to get along. <laughs> they don't want peace. Psalm said there'll be peace in the valley. It's hard to get peace in the home. Malicious, the Bible says here in, in first, second Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1 through 5. Gossips without self-control, the Bible tells us that we have a fruit of the Spirit. Thank God for the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, and finally, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. We'll see this here. And self-control, temperance. It says here, there will be without self-control. Without self-control. Brutal. Hateful. Haters of good. Treacherous. Restless. Conceited, lovers of pleasure, more, rather than being lovers of God. Like I was at one time, living for the weekend, living for the weekend. Watch it, Tommy. Here we go now. <laughs> living for the weekend. Holding to a form of godliness. Some people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Some people say that I believe in God, I trust in God. But yet they go to bed worrying like never before. And yet they have not cast their cares upon the Lord. And they have a form of godness, but you deny the power thereof. God is so powerful. When you, when you see him work in your life and others' lives, you pray to him, you give it to him, and you go to bed. Like in Acts chapter 12 we read this morning in the podcast. Even though Paul was in prison, he was beside those men that chained him. And the Bible shows that he was sleeping like a baby. Because his faith was in God. Peter was, rather. He was sleeping like a baby. Are you able to sleep like a baby? You cast your cares upon him. Now I lay me down to sleep. My sister and I, we learned this from a child before we could talk. Our parents taught us this prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. We need to be able, as adults, to even not only pray that prayer, but believe that prayer. That we're giving it all to God. Although they have denied his power and avoid such men as these. 
Again, again, we don't have time to go down the whole list and itemize every portion because I only have a certain amount of time. And when I get to a point in the sermon, I know some of y'all begin to go to sleep. So I must hasten on, you see. <laughs> again, we are forced to limit our study here to just a few of these negative adjectives. These verses are only the first of the portion of the argument that runs all the way back in chapter 2. Yet, we see Paul giving the young preacher Timothy just some of the things that Timothy probably already know, they had already seen in his time period as being a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But sometimes we need a reminder, don't we, of the world that we're living in. I want you to know this morning that even though we're in the world, we're not of the world, we can still live in this world and still live this Christian life. As the hills street blues, remember that? Police story years ago, those that go back there for like Brother Andrews and I. When he would send those officers out there, he said, be careful. There's a jungle out there. There's a jungle out there, Sister Walker. There is a jungle out there. We're living in the last days. The connection to Acts chapter 2 lies in the beginning part. Paul had just given hope that through the uh, proclaiming of the gospel, the correction of error, false teachers and those poor souls under their spell may be granted repentance and awaken from their slumber. Look at Acts 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 25 and following. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 25 and following. Let's start at verse number 23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strife. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle. That's how we're to be, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and be patient with folk. In meekness, in verse number 25, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 25, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. See, some people oppose themselves. You hear the premise of the argument, and when it gets around, when they start, they, they start hanging themselves. Say, can you repeat that one more time? If God preadventure, Lord help us, if God preadventure would give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, we pray that that happens before people leave this world. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare, here goes now, of the devil who have taken captive by him at his will. This is what Paul, he gives an answer in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1 and following. What should we do, Paul? What should we do? He said, preach the word. In season, out of season, there come a time when they would not endure sound doctrine. We were itemized as if Paul is reminding Timothy so that he would be able to stand against false teachers and pretending Christians. Some people are pretenders. They pretend to be Christians. Outwardly pretending to be Christians, but when we analyze this list, 
we'll see some of these things fall upon our lives and our hearts. We must understand what Paul only briefly reviews, he briefly reviews these points. There are four things in these verses that every believer must understand if we too are going to be able to stand against these type attitudes. Four things, here we go. We need to understand the times in which we're living, number one. But realize this, Paul says that in the last days, difficult times will come in the last days. We must understand the times in which we're living in. The commandment here is to know or to realize, know the times that we're living in. Understand and know the times that we're living in. One of Brother Andrew's favorite artists years ago wrote the song, What Time Is It? What Time Is It? Brother Andrew know that song. Watch it now. <laughs> but Andrew, <laughs> Paul is telling Timothy to set up and, and pay attention. We must set up and pay attention to what time we're living in. Timothy must know or understand that in the last days, here goes now, difficult times, hard times will come, and even harsh times will come. But what does it mean by the last days? What does it mean by last days? Now, this is so important because... Some people, they look at things that are going on around them and say, well, I told you, the Lord, he, he could come tomorrow uh, because we're living in the last day. Watch this, watch that, watch this. And you have some television evangelists, they have a little diagram of what happened back then, what happened in the book of Isaiah. And then they look at Revelation and they say, well, uh, I predict that this world coming to an end next year in May. You have people following these people. We don't know when, when the Lord should come and when he comes back, but I do know this. Uh, Peter says the Lord, one day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years and one day. He said the Lord, his Lord does not think the way we do. He's not slack concerning his promises. He's coming back. He, he, he's true to his promise. But why hasn't he come back? Peter tells us the reason why he ha has not come back because he wished that all men be saved. Had the Lord come back. In 1976, right before I was baptized, a minute before I was baptized, on that Saturday morning, at 11.15 I was baptized in 1976, November. I remember that time, that's my real birthday. Had he come back one minute before I was baptized, I would have lost my soul. Those that are listening on social media, I want you to know that, that there is an urgency of getting right with God. He could come back anytime. All things are ready. He could come back anytime. He says, I'm coming back. And when he comes back, all you need to do is just be ready. You must stay ready. One man said he was born ready. Now nah, you were not born ready because you have to be born, be born again. What is the last days? 
I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. It will explain when the last, what the last days, what it's all about. Because you see, you have a patriarchal age when God spake to, spoke to the heads of the uh, families. And then you have the Mosaic age when God, he spoke through Moses. He gave him the law. And now we have the Christian age, which is the last days. We're living in the last days. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Watch it now. Here it goes in verse number two of Hebrews chapter one. Has in these last days. So we're living in the last days. Has in these last days. Last days began when Jesus died on the cross and rose. He rose, he rose from the dead and ascended back up into heaven, sitting on the right-hand side of God over 2,000 years ago. And I'm sure people were looking, even back then, for him to come back. You know, the angels, of course, they told the disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8 and following, when Jesus ascended up after dying on the cross, his ministry lasted 33 years. He, he died at 33 years old, and then he arose from the dead. He walked on earth for 40 days. Then he sends back down the Holy Spirit 10 days later, the day of Pentecost, 50. And the angels, as Jesus here sends up in Acts chapter 1, they said, why gave ye up? He's coming back the same way. He'll send it up, and he's going to descend back down. He's coming back for those that love him. Do you love him this morning? They were gazing up thinking that maybe he could come back any time, any day. That's been 2,000 years ago. And he could come back any time, any day. But it's not for us to keep gazing up. It's us to be gazing within to get our lives in order, get our houses in order now. Because the Lord, he has not come back, Peter says. Because he wished that all should come to repentance. There are so many out there that are just holding back and waiting. How many years ago at Old National Church of Christ, I knew that Stanley and Yvette, they were ready to obey the gospel, but they kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off, so I know which sermon to preach. That's why sometimes y'all say, how do you come up with that sermon? I know what the congregation needs, right? And that Sunday, I, I knew I needed to deal with a sermon entitled, Why Are You Waiting? So by the time I finished that sermon and presented the invitation, I remember they were on this side. Both husband and wife came forward, gave me the hand, and God the heart. Maybe that's some husbands and wives now that, that, that are thinking about Obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have places all over the world. We'll be glad to direct you in the right direction. In the church of Christ, the one that Jesus died for, the one that he's ahead of. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter uh, 1, so beautiful verse, verse number 2, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of how many things? All things, by whom also he made the worlds. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18, the Bible says, God has given Jesus all authority. He has appointed his son. 
And some preachers and elders and deacons think they have some authority. All, it's all, A-L-L. If Jesus has all authority, Herbert Moore has no authority. I just need to follow his step, walk in his path. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Christ has all authority. It's all about Jesus, the brother uh, Jenkins mentioned throughout the gospel meeting. It's all about Jesus, not about us. Listen to what it says, so beautiful in verse number three, who being, in Hebrews chapter one, verse number three, who being in the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made such better than angels, he made better than angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent, more excellent name than they. That's why the Hebrew writer is letting us know that Jesus was better than angels, better than Moses. Jesus better than the law. That's why he's the one that we should look up to. I love this part in, in Colossians chapter 1, you know, as Paul talks about set your mind on things above. Then it goes on to say this. He said, and Christ who is our life. Who is our life? I'm so thankful that he did not come when I was in sin. Don't let him come back and you're not ready and you're still pondering whether or not you're going to obey. That's an urgency. We're living in the last days. And here, when you, a person asks you, person asks you, well, explain to me the last days, so we know that the last days have been going on ever since that day when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, rose from the dead. To answer the question, we are living in the last days. Answer, most certainly, but so were Paul and Timothy during that time period. And yet, it does not answer the question, what are the last days, until you go to Hebrews chapter 1, verses number 1 and 2. We're living in the last days. Jesus could come any time. He could come as I speak just now, right now. He could. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready? Well, no, 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 no. I got to go back and I got to get some, pull some things out of the closet and I need to call and, and apologize to my cousin and I need to uh, go to my workplace and make it right because I didn't give him a full eight hours. <laughs> y'all know 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Have y'all been there before? <laughs> No, even in our work. Keep in mind, in Colossians chapter 3, listen, listen to what Paul says. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse number 21 and 5, Paul says, we're not working until man, we're working until the Lord. So when you work, you work until the Lord. Don't worry about who's looking and who's not looking. The Lord knows what you're doing. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10, the Bible says, God has not forgotten your good works and labor. God knows everything you do. And you get discouraged sometimes. Well, I'm doing this for the family. I'm doing this. And I'm doing this on the job. I'm doing this. And no one cares. God cares. 
Galatians chapter 6, verse number 6, 7 through 9. Be not weary, well doing. You will reap if you faint not. Matter of fact, we're reaping all of the time because God is blessing us to do it. You give, you, you give from your heart. You give because God has prospered you. We're thankful for our congregation that's stepping up to the plate. We have so many ways to give. And, and you know, since we go on vacation, them people go on vacation and school's starting, we forget about the one that started the school. We forget about the one that created a vacation. We forget about the one that created the world, the one that sustains us. In him, we live and have our very being. We forget about him. And sometimes we forget about giving back to him. He's been so good to us. Well, David has a point to make here. Let's pause for David's point. David makes this point in Psalm 37, verse number 25. I was young. Brother Walker, David at one time was young, just like you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us as you have listened to the message of the hour. In order to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us in Mark 16, 15, and 16, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And so one must hear the word. In Romans chapter 10, verse number 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And once you hear the word, you must believe the word. Once you believe the word, you must repent of your sin. Luke 13, 3, Jesus says, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. And once you repent, you confess Christ, the sweetest name on Martha tongue. Then after that, you're buried with him in baptism, in a watery grave of baptism. You become, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, a new creature, a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. And so we encourage you to come be with us as we teach you the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You become a member of the church of Christ, the one that Christ died for. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18. God bless you all. Hello, my name is Minister Herbert Moore from the Church of Christ at Atlanta Airport. We're located about three miles from the Atlanta Airport, the busiest airport in the world. We're just an eight-minute drive. We have many people that travel through the airport, and they come to worship with us. We speak what the Bible speaks, and we're silent what the Bible is silent. And so we invite you to come. We also invite you to tune in to our television program every Sunday at 4 p.m. WATC 57 Television. We also invite you to visit our Facebook, Church of Christ at Atlanta Airport area. Also, you can go to YouTube, speakingthegospel.tv, and hear many more of the sermons from the Word of God that I have spoken throughout the last months and the last years. Enter to worship and lead to serve. Many times today, we're not able to worship in a building. The Bible tells us that we are to worship on the first day of the week. And as you know, we can worship God everywhere and anywhere. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 3, verses number 1 and following, as Moses approached the burning bush that was burning but did not burn up, God tells him, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. 
and that's why we can worship anywhere. The church is not the building. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, that the kingdom of God lives within us. So when we say we're coming to church, we're really coming to worship. This is why we need to realize God does not dwell in an empty church building. He's all over, he's everywhere. And those that worship him in John 4, 24 must worship him in spirit and in truth.